Which is better, to have 1% of a big market or 100% of a smaller market? This week's guest, Jared Doyle, has some definitive opinions on that subject. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I've traveled halfway around the world to talk to Jared Doyle of Fractal Marketing. Okay, I didn't really travel halfway around the world, but Jared is joining us from Australia. Jared, thank you so much for being our guest today. Not a problem. Absolute pleasure. And isn't technology wonderful that we can have this conversation and it's like we're in the same room? I love technology. I don't I don't necessarily understand how it works, but I don't care because it works. <laughs> Jared, you have so much experience in so many different areas of marketing, but I really love that you have narrowed your focus to concentrate on startups. Why did you focus in that area? First of all, I think you need to have a focus. But secondly, I had this amazing moment where I was sitting in a boardroom and I was advising a large Australian retailer on how they could fight back against disruption that was happening in the marketplace. And I stood up and I started drawing on a whiteboard and all these different ideas. And the CEO of this large publicly traded company was there going, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. How do you, how do you know all this? Like, where are you pulling these resources from? And I said, well, there's no real book. I just know because I've been a founder what I wouldn't want to have happen. And so I'm telling you guys what to do. And I went, I'm on the wrong team. I want to be on the other team. I'm on the (laughs) wrong side of the table. And so I kind of left and it was like, I couldn't go back. I was like, I've founded three of my own companies. Why am I on the, the empire side in Star Wars building a Death Star? I want to be on the Rebel Alliance. I want to be grungy and small and, and work with the founders and the business owners because there's so much more satisfaction in that. I absolutely agree with you. I never thought of it that way, but I love being a part of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> I can I can Star Wars geek it out with the best of them. This would be a very long episode if we go down that path. You said something in there that really stood out to me, and it's that idea that you picked a focus and that you think that's important. Why? So I work with lots of different business owners, and there's this line that I often hear people say, and it's this, they kind of... Talk about the total addressable market that they've got. They go, oh, there's millions of people out there. This is a a million or a billion dollar industry. If I can just win 1% of that market, I'm going to have a great business. And that from a marketing point of view and my point of view is so flawed because why? Why that 1%? It's not like it's, you know, a random thing where you throw the balls up and a couple will land in a bucket. The customers still have to choose to pick you. And so in my mind, it's a false assumption to think that you're just going to randomly pick up 1%. You know, that might've worked in the days where you could buy a storefront and a hundred people walk down a street and some of them may see and walk into your shop. We live in an online world with infinite choice. And so my challenge to business owners now is to say, well, let's find that 1%, define who they are, create a persona and create a marketing strategy that you could argue that a hundred percent of that 1% are going to pick your business. Because if you get that right, you've got a baseline that you can actually grow a business from. And unfortunately, I see way too many businesses try to just hope that they get a random 1% and inevitably discover they got 0%. So I think it's I think it's crucial. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about that, and I'm, I'm sort of thinking about it visually in my head, is this idea that if you're trying to cast this really wide net, 
you have to have a really wide net. But if you're just focusing on that narrow little section and doing that really well, you can do it with a lot more focused, but less energy. Yeah. And also you can be the best. And your goal shouldn't be to be the third best in a big market. You want to be the best. And the reason is there's a guy whose name I can't pronounce. It's Zipf and it's Z-I-P-F, I believe. And he came up with Zipf's law, which basically said that in a market, the winner of a market takes a disproportionate slice. And so the person who wins in a market will tend to get twice as much market share as second place. who gets twice as much as third and fourth and fifth. And you get this long tail effect. And so many businesses seem to be satisfy themselves in thinking that they can be broad. And the trick is actually, if you niche down, you become the best and you get a disproportionate amount of that market and you get the word of mouth and the referrals. And that's, that's where you want to be when you're launching a business. Because look, if you think about referrals, if you went to a hotel, if I asked you, oh, Lorraine, look, I'm, I'm coming over to your side of the globe. Can you recommend a great restaurant to go out to dinner in? You're not going to recommend to me your third favorite restaurant. You're going to recommend the best. You're going to take my criteria, my age, my you know my family, or whatever it happens to be, and we'll work it out. But you'll recommend the best. And so being third in a market means you don't get any recommendations. So you have to be the best and you have to define what that niche is to be the best in that market. That is so true. So let me ask the, the harder question. I'm committed to this idea of picking a market and being the best in that market, but how do I pick the market? Well, yeah, <laughs> the, the, million, the million dollar question. <laughs> Look, I think a lot of the time, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. First of all, you it helps if you've got a passion. So something you're more interested in, you're going to be naturally better at. And I think the the second part of it is you often can, you often have already decided what that is sort of maybe maybe subconsciously you decided what that that market's going to be just based on looking at who your existing customers are so if you're already running a business and you've got a bunch of client or a bunch of customers spending the time to analyze who those customers are age gender interest likes you know and if you've got a facebook page and you can start looking at the the information that facebook will share with you about all the people who like your page or your customers that's a good place and you'll start to discover these amazing things where Often the preconceived idea of who your customer is and then actually who your customer is can be two different things. And so being able to take that and accept that maybe what you thought you were isn't what you truly are is probably the smartest way of doing it. So, you know, if you've got an existing business, spending the time to interrogate who your customers are, plotting them all down, looking at, you know, the size of their business or their age or their location, that can usually tell you a, a pretty good story. Um, if you know, if you're not at that stage yet and you're looking to expand, then Facebook is your friend because Facebook seems to know more about me than I know about myself. So that's probably <laughs> the place I'm going to find the answer. As I'm thinking about the things that you said, two things re sort of resonated with me. The first is you said, you know, look at who you're doing business with. I might also suggest that look at your customers and ask yourself, if you could only keep three customers, if you only had the bandwidth to work with three customers and you had to fire everybody else, who would you hold on to? Because that really forces you to really look at who do you enjoy working with? Because no matter how profitable a niche is, if you hate the customers, it isn't going to be much fun. Exactly. And, and that was that, you know, 
origin story from the re the remaking of my business and what I wanted to do was you just realize working for clients who are just working for big businesses, they're not passionate. So for me, I didn't like the idea of working for a manager of a, of a marketing department who maybe had millions of dollars to spend, but my job as an agency in that, in that sort of mix was to be their parachute, which is to say, if something goes wrong, they fire the agency, hire a new agency, and then they start looking for a new job. And that's not a great experience. I'd much rather work with a founder where when we succeed, we succeed together. You know, you get the high fives, but they're really passionate. And when they win, they really win and you get to enjoy it with them. And so that was, that was my epiphany. And that's what I kind of went, that's what I need to do. And, you know, the old adage is, if you enjoy what you're doing, if you really love what you're doing, then it's not work. It's just how you get paid. And that's, you know, that, that's a fantastic thing. And then, you know, what do you know? If you keep doing it, eventually you actually become really good at that one thing that you love. And, and your life, just, you know, it's, it's always better, always the better for it. Absolutely. So is there a quick tip on maybe something to avoid when you're thinking about your niche? Is there a trap that businesses fall into that we should give them a safety net for? Yeah, look, I think one of the biggest traps is people try to move too far ahead of where the world's at. And the way I describe this is if you, if you, most people's brains are willing to accept one deviation from what's currently being done, which is to say, if something already exists, I'm willing to accept one change because I can, I can accommodate one change and then go, oh, I see you're just like this company, but you also do this. So, you know, you could be an accounting firm and you say, oh, I'm, you're just like a normal accounting firm, but you specialize in online software businesses. Great. I get that. But if you come up with an idea and as valid as it might be, but if it's two or three generations removed from where we are at the moment, you're not going to convince people to do it. People don't, people won't take that much change on board. And so the problem is you're going to find what might be a fantastic niche in 10 years time. And then inevitably you're sitting around a dinner table talking about that business that you had that was just too early, you know, oh, I had that idea. I had that business, but I was just ahead of my time. And it's a good excuse. Like it's a good thing that goes wrong and and lots of people experience it, but you can avoid that by bringing your business back and just being one deviation different from everybody else, not two, three, or maybe 10, because that's going to fail. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to say awesome for that because I think that advice was awesome. (laughs) And just before, for the context for people listening, just before we started, I have a habit of saying fantastic too much, and I'm trying to limit fantastic from my vocabulary. And Lorraine admitted that awesome is her word. And the worst thing is when you admit it, you keep saying it more. It's terrible. It's like saying, I need to eat less chocolate. Hmm, chocolate. I'm going to have some more chocolate. It's like, I'm going to go raid the kids' Easter baskets now. Jared, I have so totally enjoyed the conversation. You have just been so much fun to hang out with. Thank you so much. And it's a pleasure being on your show. And look, I look forward to all of your episodes. Now that I've discovered all your different content channels, I'm going to be, I'm going to be your biggest fan. Thank you. If people want to become your biggest fan, where should they go to find you? My social network of choice is LinkedIn. So I'm just Jared Doyle. So G-E-R-A-R-D. D-O-Y-L-E. You can find me on there. You can follow me or, you know, just connect. I'll, I'll accept almost anybody if you look like a real person. So that's, that's the best place. And that's where I tend to put my daily thoughts. So I hope to meet a few new people there. Fabulous. We will be sure to include a link to your LinkedIn and your website from the show notes. Thank you so much.
Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.